everyone. Welcome to episode number three of the rebranded, uh, the Lip Free and Diet Hard podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Coates. And at the first few, first few episodes, I'll go through this little spiel where uh, my guest is Jonathan Goodman, uh, who has been a previous guest. You're going, well, how can he be a previous guest on episode three? Because we have 150 episodes in the archive of the Fitness Devil podcast. And my co-host and good friend, Dean Guido, life and business is just going to be too busy for him. So he asked me to continue it on solo, and it's been a, a fun project. So, John, it's great to have you on. Uh, you are the architect of the Personal Trainer Development Center, Online Trainer Academy, and author of a lot of books, which I actually have a bunch of them here. We'll talk about that in a bit. But uh, I wanted to see what you've been up to lately. And in particular, your social media is full of you getting really jacked right now and working out a ton. So <laughs> what's going on with you lately? I'm actually going to be posting a video uh, probably tomorrow because our art director is going to be in here of we discovered that there's literally a button on Photoshop that's called bulk, B-U-L-K. This is, this is something, this is what blew my mind when he showed it to me. You click the button and you, and you put it over like a muscle and it makes that muscle expand. That somebody literally designed this and coded this into Photoshop. And I imagine it has purpose like outside of, of creating fake fitness photos, but like it was probably made for fa making fake fitness photos. So um, yeah, no, I've been getting jacked on Photoshop. Thanks for noticing. Well, you've been, you've been pushing the workout. <laughs> I mean, I infer to a certain extent, I mean, obviously you're, you know, big part of a big fitness brand, but infer that it's probably in part due to part of the message of the online trainer, coaching project you guys are working on now where trainers oftentimes they devote themselves so hard to their careers and their business that sometimes their own discipline their own structure their own workouts are lacking so uh, i was curious to see what you guys were going to do I'll, I'll fold it into a greater question i'll let you go where you want with it i wanted to see where the evolution of your vision for the personal trainer development center and your future projects is kind of going and and That's what you're really working on right now Sure. I mean, the, the, you know, it's funny, like, I'm not working out any more than I ever did. The only difference is now part of our brand, because we're actually selling fitness coaching services, in addition to business coaching services, is fitness. And so I'm simply just posting photos of workouts, um, which I never did. It's not like I'm not working out any different. And that's, that's part of it. And that's part of what we're showing is the importance of, you know, you got to put on your oxygen mask first before you put it on somebody else. If you want to take care of others, you've got to take care of yourself first. And that's always been so important to me. And I've always been so passionate by just leading by example. You don't see me preaching and preaching and preaching this stuff as much as I just like to, I like to just do it and hope that people notice. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And, and in that way, my, my hope is that they get more inspiration out of it. There's so much pithy, pious, just airy quotes and feel good statements of stuff that you should do and how to live your life. And I just don't have much patience for people who expound upon how to live your life, uh, and, and then when you actually get to know them, you realize that they're living their life sordidly and not in a, you know, not in a, a particularly positive or, or particularly well-balanced way. And so I'm just constantly searching for that, to be honest. Like I'm not, 
you know, I feel like I figured out some stuff. I feel like I haven't figured out a lot of stuff. It's, it's my journey of trying to figure out how to do this thing. And it's not a maximization exercise. I don't think that you can be do everything great at any one point in time, but I think that, you know, there are four very important aspects, at least for me, to living well. And that's family, that's health, fitness, that's sleep, and that's business. And at any one point in time, I look at them almost like the seasons. And I try to, at any one point in time, say, okay, I'm going to put particular emphasis on one and I'm going to maintain the other ones at a pretty good level. I haven't yet figured out how to maximize all four at the same time. I figured out how to do pretty well two, kind of three pretty well at the same time. Um, but I'll, I'll give you an example, you know, in the, um, in, in the winters for about two months, we generally go away and we're hoping to go away this year again uh, to Mexico in the last two years. And, and this year we'll go to the same place as a little town called Sayulita, which we love, we're 45 minutes south of, of Puerto Vallarta. And it's a, it's a Pueblo Magico. It's deemed a magical town by the Mexican government. It's just amazing little, little town. And when we go there, it's maximizing family and it's maximizing health and fitness. Business is fine, but it's actually a forced constraint that I build into my business to be separated from it for a very dedicated two months out of the year. Because in doing that, I force myself to have a business that doesn't depend on me, right? And, and two months is a long time. I mean, what I recommend to people is like, start with a week. Like pick a week two months from now where you are not available, right? You will have to prepare for those two weeks and improve your business in a way, you know, a lot of people who think that they run businesses basically are just self-employed. Like, like a business is something that operates without you. A business is something that kicks off profits to you in addition to your salary that you gain from it. So you will be forced to really like build a business that works without you. And also when you go for that week away and you get back, you realize that a whole bunch of stuff didn't go so well. And those are your blind spots. And now you'll start to fix them, right? <laughs> Quick thought that sort of throws in there. Martin Rooney once said that if you, uh, how do you put it? If you just are the only person working in your business, you don't own a business, you own a job. Right? And you've done a really great job of building a great team of people around you. You've got Lou and Jason and, you know, a lot of other people that's growing. And you've got a really good team now that manages all the stuff through the PTDC, people like uh, Esther and uh, Shane McClain and there's a whole bunch. So... They've been mm. Mike Howard. Lovely. Yeah, and I mean they help. They're they're not they're not even on on staff. They actually do. Well, Esther, we pay a little bit, but um, but yeah, they do for sure. I mean, we've got we've got a great a great group of people, and so so this idea then, you know, in going away for these two months, it's like to me that's a season, and it's beautiful because it maximizes family, but like tight family. The, the thing is. I'm in, a, I'm in a number of, of groups of business owners and things like that, because that's a lot of what feeds me. You know, growing up in the business that I have now, I never wanted it. I never desired it. This was back in 2009, 2010. The stuff wasn't thrust in your faces. I didn't even know it existed. Entrepreneurship wasn't cool. 
And so I needed to find people. I craved finding people who were like me because every adult I ever knew and all of my friends are lawyers, doctors, teachers, accountants, businessmen, <laughs> you know, that's just every single person I know is that. And uh, so anyway, so I joined a bunch of these groups and it's at the point now where like in non COVID times and non quarantine times, I could be social three, four or five times a week. And the, the problem is if you say no to too many of these things, you stop getting invited. But if you're out of town, you have an excuse. And so it's kind of that forced, like, there's no family other than my immediate family, right? There's no birthday parties. There's no bars you got to go to. There's no sports games to watch. There's none of that, right? All it is, is um, Allison. Allison's mom usually comes with us. My wife's mother usually comes with us. Uh, we have some family and friends who will come up for like a couple of days or a week at a time. And then, and then my son, like, that's it. Right. So like, that's a season of like that intense time. And I love it, but I wouldn't want that 24 seven, 365 days a year. And so maximize it during that time. Right. And to be able to kind of create that, that sort of balance, I think is pretty neat. I think it's a really tough uh, line to walk because you get trainers. I mean, I'm just shy of a decade into my career and, Mm-hmm. I'm shockingly busy with a lot of different projects I'm working on, but I've also struggled with boundaries, but I've been a big believer since day one, you know, fuck boundaries. Any the, the trainer starting out who's worried about burnout is completely focused on the wrong thing. Uh, focus on not starving right out the gate. And you got to work hard. You've got to work some long hours and you've got to take whatever you can. As time goes on, you have to then develop the threshold of here's where now I set boundaries and here's where I can, building more family time and, and these other sort of priorities. And I don't think a lot of people know how to leave the boundaries behind early and then how to set them later on in their careers. Yeah. You obviously have done a... Made a well, I have, but I also had just about the most fortunate situation you ever could. You know, I'm from a reasonably affluent family in the best country in the world, Canada, and I was able to graduate. I mean, I worked all through university, but I was able to graduate university debt-free. I mean, it's just a totally different beast, right? And so I, I, for sure, I was able to start my career of personal training and say yes to everything and hustle and work those 12, 13, 14-hour days. Um, but a lot of people entering into the industry simply can't. I mean, there's other, maybe people already have a family. Maybe people, this is a second career and they're switching into it. Maybe this is something that they were always passionate about. You know, if you're listening, maybe this is something that you were always passionate about and you're in another career or you're in the fitness industry in some capacity and you want to jump in full time, but you're kind of scared to because you're you're worried of what it might take to be successful in it. And, And you know that you can't do that for whatever good reason you have. And so um, I agree with you that you got to work your butt off. But I do also believe that there are ways certainly to work smarter, not harder. And I think the beginning is an element. And this is why we focus so much of my business on this is, is business development, marketing development. I mean, the, the bar is set so low by your competition at just how God awful so many trainers are at marketing and business 
that you could be like, you could be not even good and still be probably in the top 20% in the fitness industry because, and, and the reason is, the reason is this, and this is like a good problem to have, but it's a very frustrating problem as an educator in this industry is, um, the fitness industry is full of unquestionably the most passionate, selfless people in any industry. I truly believe that. And they're so passionate. They love health and fitness so much that all they want to do is health and fitness. And so they read more about it. They do extra certifications, right? You do a strength condition certification, a nutrition certification, you do all of these different things. Um, not actually mostly largely out of self-interest, although you're, you're, you're convincing yourself or making yourself believe that it's for professional development. But if you actually took a step back and dissociated from yourself for a minute, you'd realize that that extra little bit, getting a little bit better at teaching the squat or analyzing movement or whatever it is, while important and while you should never let the go of that, is actually not going to move the needle in any meaningful way because that's not actually the problem, right? That's not why you're not in the position that you desire to be in. Um, you know, we, we get this in our groups all the time. You've seen it, Andrew, like, Hey guys, I'm, you know, I'm struggling to get clients and, uh, and, and, and I have these four certifications or these four qualifications and, and what do you think I should do next? Should I do a uh, 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 precision nutrition or a MAC nutrition or a NASM uh, 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 post rehab specialization or whatever? It's like, what have you done for business? Clients don't care about your service. <laughs> <laughs> right. And like they haven't done anything, but that's the thing. Like they've literally never read a business book. It's like, so do you think getting a little bit better at nutrition is going to make any, your problem is you can't get clients, man. <laughs> your problem is that you can't get them results. Like, <laughs> so for anyone who's just listening on audio, there's video going to be on my YouTube. Um, the wealthy fit pro series. I've got three of them here. So getting clients. You got all three, eh? So put them beside each other and tell oh, me hey, and I'll ask me why they're different sizes. And I'll tell you how I screwed that up. Yeah. No, I was wondering <laughs> about that. Right. Um, by the way, I want signed copies of these seeing as, I contributed to this one. So I'm actually it's featured in getting clients referrals, which honestly was the coolest ask in the world. So I'm honored. And then starting your career and then online training. These books are absolutely mm -hmm. great, but honestly, like all the stuff you're just saying, you went out and wrote a book to answer a lot of that stuff in one right. volume. And it's incredible. So that's the getting clients referrals. So what do you and you want to know the saddest thing about that? What? That's probably our worst selling book that we've put out. Do you think it was timing given the fact that COVID dropped right afterwards? And yeah, the book came out well enough before COVID. I mean, I never really marketed it, to be honest. Um, so I'm sure that, that that had something to do with it just because we had other priorities. I kind of just put it out. But um, even then, you know, we'll send like a dedicated email. We'll send a dedicated email to the online training book, for example, and we'll move whatever, 200 copies, 300 copies. Um, you know, that, that online training book is at, I don't even know, 25, 27,000 copies or something now. And, uh, and the getting clients one, we'll send a dedicated email to it. We'll send like, sell like 12. Mm. Like, it's just, I mean, and if you, if you look at a couple of times, I've put a post just of like a picture of all of my books on Instagram, on Facebook, I'd be like, Hey, which ones do you not have? And, and if you count the responses, 
the amount of people that are like, I've got everyone, but that getting clients book. It's like, that's probably, A, I think that that's actually the best book I've ever written. It's great. Um, it is my favorite. I mean, I'm biased, but. I well, it's the last book that I've written and probably most likely the last book that I'll ever write for trainers. Like, like I got to learn some new stuff before I write another book, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the worst selling book we have. Isn't that amazing? And it's probably the most important and objectively, I believe that it's the best. What did you learn from that? What did you take away from that particular fact that the book didn't go as well? That I'm not following my own advice. The amount of times I've written and even the amount of times I write in that book, you've got, and if, if you want to sell, you've got to meet people where they're at in order to take them where you think that they should go. And I know that the way to sell is not to try to tell fit pros that they need to stop what they're doing and learn about business because they don't want that, right? They might say that they want to learn about business. So we've had, we've had a lot of very interesting conversations. Basically when COVID hit, um, we have the only real curriculum for online training that exists in the world through the Online Trainer Academy. And so when COVID hit, we were contacted by just about every major education organization in the world. Um, you know, we had very deep conversations with NASM ACE, ISSA, um, you know, there's, there are some pending deals with some of them. Some of them have broken off. Uh, internationally, we have reseller licensing deals that we never talk about with, with organizations all across the world from all over Asia, Southeast Asia to Australia, New Zealand, Netherlands, Belgium, all across Europe. And, um, and what's interesting is that they basically all told me, like Ace and Nazim both told me, they're like, yeah, we can't even give away business advice. Like, like just nobody wants it. Everybody, even if people say that they want it, they're not willing to pay for it. Right. And so what I, what I learned about that and what hit me the hardest, I think about that was, um, was that I need to stop trying to force down people's throats, what they don't want. And I need to figure out a way to covertly give them what they want and also give them what they need. And from that, we built online trainer coaching. So we built, we have a beta test now. We, we never announced it publicly, um, but we, um, we, we wanted 100 clients basically for a new fitness coaching service that we're putting out where our clientele is personal trainers and nutrition coaches. And so, you know, we put it out to a, to a small private group through a small email list and we got 100 clients within a day. So we never announced, like, like we weren't going to announce it publicly anywhere anyway, but, but anyway, we filled it in, in that first day. And, um, and it's going to be interesting to see them go through it. You know, we, we haven't had that experience yet, but really how that came about was, all right, guys, I get it. You're probably not going to come to me for business advice right off the bat. You don't really get what online coaching is. You see all of these other people and organizations, cough, cough, NASM, try to tell you about how to build an online coaching business when they actually have no clue how to do it because they just made it up in the last three weeks. And I know that because they were negotiating, trying to buy mine four weeks ago. <laughs> and so, you know, they'll just slap together and tell you what camera to use to do virtual coaching. It's like, that's not a thing, right? And, and so you don't quite get what online coaching is. 
you're not quite bought into the idea. You certainly don't want a business curriculum. Even if you say that you want a business curriculum, it's like secretly kind of scary for you to, to do that. And I get that. So I'm going to take you through a fitness coaching program because that's what you're already good at, right? That's what you want. You feel pressure to look a certain way. Maybe your fitness has fallen off a little bit in recent times. Maybe it hasn't. Either way, you can still always get better. We all feel like imposters in the fitness industry. We're all comparing ourselves to, to that button on that bulk button on Photoshop that people are using. And so what we're doing is, um, what we're doing is coaching people in fitness to teach them about business. You're going to see how a great online coaching program is run from a client standpoint. And we're going to get on calls with you in the middle of it. We, we didn't announce this as like a bonus, but we announced it afterwards to people in like the, the kickoff party calls and stuff like that. We're doing webinars once a month for people and basically being like, this is exactly what's happening to you. Right. Here's why we're doing it. Here's how we're doing it. And then we're going to teach them about programming at the same time. Um, that's what we learned from it. And as you're saying all this, uh, I, I've been really working on my Instagram more recently. I post daily, if not multiple times a day. And I really do enjoy writing fitness business stuff. I do. Now, I don't offer any fitness business coaching. I never will. It's not it does business. not perform, does it? It doesn't perform as well Ever. as nutrition <laughs> ones. When I put up something pithy about nutrition, uh -huh. eggs go nuts. People share the hell out of it. Um, Mike Isertel, who is my previous guest, he just this week shared two of my nutrition things. And because he shared on his page, he has a huge following. All of a sudden, I have 550 new followers. Right. Like my, my account grew by 10% as it, as it stands right now. And people just love this stuff. And so while I do enjoy it, and I will still sprinkle some of it in, what you say is actually accurate. I think one of the things, and this may be true of you. Is I can show you my stats on my Instagram. It's, it's unbelievable. I, the difference. I'm and, and, and if you follow me on Instagram, you'll notice that I have converted my account to be basically a fitness account. I've noticed. This and that's, that's, that's a data driven decision. And what I was going to say was like, I'm interested in fitness business stuff. I love people like Mark Fisher and Luca Hosevar, and you had both of those guys in your book. And these are really, really smart business minds, successful people. I like that hardworking style of like just being busy, like Luca projects. But I think it's important to realize we're probably atypical as far as the, uh, the trainers out there and their interests and the things that they're focused on. And I think that's kind of what you were saying with that book. So it's important yeah. for me to remember that, well, A, when I'm writing about fitness business stuff on my Instagram account, well, that's not my audience and that's not my clientele. And I tell other trainers, don't write write for your intended audience and I'm breaking my own rule. That's a little bit of fun that I have, but you're right. I notice that they don't perform as well. Well, and there's something to be said, for example, if you were to look at, at my Instagram account, you'll see, I do like notes from coach John and I, and I do those. And what's interesting is if you look at the stats, like my 10 top posts are those notes, Same like my pictures are nowhere close to that, but I don't think that an account can be just those. Right. And so I do, I do one picture, one note, one picture, one note. And, um, and the pictures I know are not going to perform as well. And the pictures to me are brand, the notes are account growth. Right. I, I approach it the same way. So I do the, the little Twitter captures. So I noticed that, and I, I saw you do the notes ones, and I've seen a lot of people copy you. I have also noticed that. <laughs> and so what I realized is. And I'm like, guys, this isn't that creative. Like, I, this is not. <laughs> 
<laughs> and most of the rest of it looks like shit. Funny enough, you're the one who actually is doing it well, legitimately. <laughs> the copycats, they, they look sloppy. And the Twitter thing is really popular. And I've actually yeah. seen growth with it. And it, it's classic. It does well. But it's the new infographic that people still sure. do. No longer has the growth potential. So I notice that you're doing something that's a little novel. That's the same idea, just a different visual presentation. And I think it probably took off really well. And now people are copying that. Yeah, it's been it's been funny just watching uh, <laughs> watching the amount of things. I don't know. Let me look. I'm not as consistent just because I don't mean I don't really care. Like I don't know. I like whatever. Business is fine. You know, we don't need my Instagram for it. It's mostly fun, but um, it's mostly when I'm bored or when I'm in the bathroom or something like that. I I do it. But yeah, no, I don't know, man. It's fun. Like. It's Instagram is just kind of a dumb thing, isn't it? You know, if I ask people to comment, then they comment and then more people see my thing. It's like, sorry, man, that's just not a game that I want to play. Yeah, like, that's just, it's just not how I want to spend my time. And like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm so passionate. I think it actually says that on Instagram. I'm so passionate by like leading by example. And I just put up a post. I think it was on Monday that just was a picture of my son and I just like holding hands. And it was actually a photo from like a year ago when we were in Montenegro, but it was just like, you may notice that I don't post stuff on the weekends. That's because some shit's more important than Instagram. You know, like I just, it, I don't want to think about content on the weekends. Like I want to be with my family. And I hope that people notice that and perhaps gain some, um, perhaps use that not to, take any action or copy in any way, but gain some permission to think about what they want and what they don't want and, and craft their own kind of model of what works for them. It goes back to what you're just saying about instead of trying to tell fitness professionals about the fitness business, you just go to where they are, you set the example, and then they're going to figure it out hopefully along the way. Same idea. That's the hope. I don't know. That's the hope. But I, I mean, anyway, Instagram's just dumb. At least you're not it's just, it's just so bad and evil in so many ways, but it's like a necessary evil. And it's just like a stupid thing that you kind of have to do. But I feel like I've been so against it for so long, personally. It's just like this ephemeral thing that I just can't like build a model for myself or my company. Like, I don't know, PTDC has like 69,000 or something followers, but like we just post Instagram, Insta graphics and whatever. Like it's, it's, it put it this way. It is clearly not a focus of our business. No. <laughs> right. I talked about this with my Gizertel just last episode and Jordan side and I have talked about it recently as well. It's, a lot of times with these coaches, they get asked or people look at it and they think that their Instagram following is what drives their career success. No, no, no. It's inverse. All of the other stuff, all the long form stuff they've done for years, all their writing, all their podcasts, right. their YouTube content, everything that you guys have done with the PTBT, that then people follow your social media accounts as a result of all the other things they've been engaged with, not the other way around. Yeah. I mean... Yes, basically, uh, you know, all of the infographics, all of the content that we're building out of it, like that's all built off of our articles. None of that is unique content. Um, all of basically all of my content that I post is snippets from content that I've written 
essays that I've written. All these books, you literally have thousands of social media posts yeah. hooked up and ready to go if you want to pluck them out and do them uh, one by one. Yeah, and I just, I just, I don't know, man, we have more important things. Like, and I think that, I think that that's one of the most interesting things is like anybody who runs a real company, like, like, and is trying to actively grow their company, there are exceptions to this. I won't say anyone, this is not an absolute statement, but, but for the most part, they'll be the first to tell you they're like, sorry, man, there's more important things. You just can't see it. And, and it's behind the scenes and people don't talk about it because it's hard. And it's the stuff that, just goes on. I mean, the amount of time that we've spent on uh, customer insights research in the last five months, the amount of money and time that we've spent, you will never see any of. You will never see us talk about it. But you're going to feel it through our communications, right? And that's why companies stand out. You don't see that stuff. That stuff isn't spoken about on social media. That stuff has nothing to do with that. It's just like little word changes in, you know, how you communicate. It, it instructs your marketing, it instructs your sales copy, it instructs your product development, instructs your new product development. Um, it instructs your product iteration. Like, how do you think good, actual good products come to be? I mean, it's hard, man. It is hard and it takes a lot of time and a lot of money and none of it has to do with social media. I think... I'll take one thing and I'll say it about your guys' social media and I'll encourage anyone who's listening to this to follow both your personal but and the people. As I'm, as I'm talking about how much I don't care about it and how little we put into what? it, absolutely follow us, guys. You will not regret it. If you're putting that much you know, knowledge, you're investing that much in understanding this stuff, then they can learn all the other stuff we've been talking about. They can learn by example and they can just absorb a better way to do it versus paying some person who's in your Instagram DMs $500 a month to, you know, teach you how to do social media or run your, right. God forbid, and do all the, the classic bullshit that's involved with that. Do people do that? Totally. I mean, I have BitPro friends that you know really well. I was talking with one of them yesterday. I won't name them, but he said he once paid a guy to do his social media, his Instagram, and I think he just did a lot of that follow-on-follow crap. Yeah. Very respected person in our world, <laughs> right? Right, so, right. They know better than that well, I mean, they do and they don't. I kind of think that like how you do one thing is how you do everything. Um, you know, who do I decide to spend time with? It's like history leaves clues, I have found. Um, it repeats itself. And, and a couple of times where I've fallen, you know, prey to it with perhaps relationships or hires or something. It's like the signs were there. The type of person that... I mean, I don't know who this person is. Um, so this is not a slight on them in any way, but like the type of person who basically says, oh, I'm just gonna hire this company who says that they're gonna solve this problem for me and give them money and they're gonna, they're gonna make all my dreams come true. It's like, I, I feel like any intelligent person kind of knows that that's not true. And, and we fall prey to it, but um, it, it's, if you give in to that once, you better not give in to that again. Um, and if you get into that twice, then it becomes a pattern um, that, that needs to be reversed. So, I don't know. It's like all this nonsense in our industry about like plagiarizing and buying media appearances and um, fabricating testimonials and, and, and that kind of thing. It's just like, 
this is not, you know, this is a pattern, right? Somebody who did this, uh, who did those things is going to do it again. Somebody who cheats somebody is going to cheat somebody else. Like people don't get better. Somebody who's unfaithful is probably going to be unfaithful again. So like, that's why polyamorous relationships exist. You know, it's just, there are different types of people. Don't try to get into a, a, a beautiful marriage with somebody who's been unfaithful three times. I mean, it's just not going to go over well. Makes sense. You um, just posted today the screenshot of yeah, right? your, in your DMs. There's this Yahoo article about these five business coaches. And I mean, is there I, five? I still haven't looked at the article. I don't really care yeah, that much. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to name names. I, I have always had an ick feeling about one of them. I can't stand one of them. And the other four I've never heard of. And then, of course, you show this thing where they're in your DMs offering to have you pay to be featured in this thing. So, Oh, it was that article. Yeah. I got that message last week. Yeah. yeah, I got the message last week. Somebody sent me an Instagram message last week um, asking if I was interested to be featured as one of the best fitness. Here's, here's the best part about it. This person, um, you know, I, I have no idea who they are, but they messaged me and said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm writing a feature on the best fitness business coaches on Yahoo Finance. Are you interested in being in it? If so, we can talk about pricing. Yeah, Reddit. It's just and, I, and I answered back, said I'm not interested. Here's the best part. He responds back, no problem. Do you know anybody who is? <laughs> of course I didn't. I mean, I just ignored it at that point. But like, is that not <laughs> the funniest thing? Well, it's like, it's like, dude, you're so lazy that you can't even like figure out who does this thing to message. You need to ask somebody who already said no. <laughs> the first place if you have actually no clue who these people are. Well, it's a, it's a business. I mean, my guess is this company, like, this is actually a big problem on all of those contributor websites like like Entrepreneur, like Forbes, like Yahoo, is a lot of the people get contributor accounts and then basically set up a side business where they get paid to feature people in it. And it's like seriously against the rules, but most of them never get caught because the, the priorities of these publications is to just crank out as much content as possible and the contributors do work for them for free or for almost no money. So they don't care. And so are they going to rip a contributor down who's producing a lot of content for them for free just because they find out that that contributor, like unless it's thrust in their faces and blown up, they don't do anything about it. And so like most lists that you see are paid to be in. That's really quite a shame, but it's good to at least blow the doors off of that sort of thing. So that way, when you see these kind of lists published, then you just kind of take it. It's just so funny. Do you know anybody else who might be interested? <laughs> I, I can name you six or seven people I respect the hell of, and I promise you none of them would pay to be featured in that, in that article. Something else that is sort of dancing. Yeah, my buddy Phil said that he was, Phil Graham, my buddy in, uh, in, in Northern Ireland, who like, does great work, he said, he said he was contacted and said no to. <laughs> Well, I wonder if Luca Savar and Pete Dupuy and Mark Fisher all got messages because those guys are, you know, kind of all near the top of my list. So. Yeah, they're in a different part of the industry, though, those guys. Um, you know, they're not like online fitness, business, mentorship, coaching, right? Uh, they're, I mean, I don't know if Luca does any online fitness mentorship stuff. I know it is gym stuff. Oh, um, but, but Pete and Mark certainly don't, right? They're, they're mostly gym stuff. Anyway, something embedded in, in all that too is, in, and I've noticed a long time ago, and I think this probably is a big reason why you have a lot of the relationships you have, is you've got an eye for emerging talent in the industry. So I'm sort of curious yep. if any philosophies there 
um, as to you know, <laughs> why and the how of it, or um, I, I know there's people in the industry that complain about the fit pro circle. Lord knows we see it all the time. I saw some of it today. And you definitely take a view, a more positive view of the relationships in the industry. So any of the underlying philosophy behind that? Sure. Um, I believe it's very important to be a talent scout. I think for anybody who wants to be around for a long time, we, we all know that relationships are what's going to keep you there. I mean, good work in relationships, it's what's going to keep you there. Um, you know, advertising marketing is obviously very important, but brand ultimately comes down to reputation. And so a lot of that has to do with being able to be uh, supportive, helping bring up other people in the industry um, who might be coming into the game a little bit after you and helping them be successful. And, and it's not, I mean, it's funny because a lot of people talk about this. It's like, oh, you have to have this you have to have this, 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 this view of, you know, of there's so much quality out there and there's so much potential. And it's like, no, I, I mean, you just have to understand that you can only do so much. Um, and so, yeah, I've always believed it was very important to almost look at it like a talent scale and not, I'm not going to make other people successful. I might help them, through our platform, get in front of people a little bit faster. But I just look for signs of people who are going to be great, knowing that even if I have nothing to do with it, they're going to be great. And then I try to help them along their journey so that I can be a part of that journey. Um, and that's only going to benefit me in years to come. I mean, this is not a one-year game we're playing. Right. I mean, we talk about Joe Daldell, who's the head coach and program architect of online trainer coaching. We just I met him. I yep. met him 10 years ago. You know, I met him 10 years ago. I, he put on a programming seminar at his gym in New York city when he still had it. I went to go attend it. Cause at that point I was just, I was starting to build up the PGDC and I was just attending every event I possibly could to shake hands and meet people. And my flight got canceled. I was in the airport waiting for the flight. My flight got canceled. All of the flights got canceled 7 p.m. at night. Um, and the event was supposed to start the next day from Toronto. And I um, ran out of the airport. And like, you can't just like exit an airport, right? <laughs> like, like alarms going off everywhere. Like, I, like I, I ran out of the airport. I took a cab to the bus station. I took an overnight bus to New York City. I arrived at 6.30 a.m., um, grabbed McDonald's coffee. And I was like tweeting them at the time that I was doing this. And uh, dropped my bags off at my buddy's place I was staying at in, in lower Manhattan, took the subway to Joe's club. And, you know, Joe gives me a shout out right at the beginning for being there because they all knew that I was kind of doing it. And still to this day, I tell people, it's like that, that seminar was the best educational experience I've ever been, I've ever attended in the fitness industry. And, and you can ask Joe, he'll tell you, I mean, probably on four separate occasions, I tried to buy rights to the material from that seminar. Mm -hmm. And I've just kept in touch with him, you know, checked in every so often, just like, hey man, what's up? Like chatted on the phone once every two or three years, like just when he did something good or that I saw something, you know, we, we, we wrote an article about basically what happened with the gym that he was building and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, 10 years later, there was an opportunity to work together in a way that's really special. 
That's the kind of shit you don't see on social media. 10 years is why we're able to build this program and why it's as special as it is. Um, you can't fabricate that, right? Like that's just time. That's, that's stuff you don't see. I had a brief chat with him yesterday. I'd asked him just for a couple of details because I wrote an article recently for True Coach. And this is where I like to put the career stuff. And so I mentioned a bunch of people and there was a specific note about him as, a, as an example of something. And we, we chatted a little bit and he did tell me a little, bit, a little bit about the things that you guys are kind of planning to grow with the OTC. And I plan to have him as a future guest as well. So he oh. seems like a really cool guy and he seems like a great guy to have in, in, as part of your team. Give, give yourself two hours. Well, I'll get three. If someone's Maybe three. talk for two hours, I'll totally do it. <laughs> So I know you're getting real short on time here. I definitely want to shout out a few things and, and I can do some stuff after you have to go if you have to drop out, but I know you've been really pushing the online trainer podcast. So you and Carolina and Ren, mm -hmm. that's been a bit of fun. And Amber, Amber's making more and more of an appearance on it. Jumping in now too, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's super fun. Yeah. If you go to online trainer.com slash podcast, it's called the online trainer show. If you're actually searching it, wherever you listen to podcasts, but, uh, but if you go to online trainer.com slash podcast, and it's like, it's basically a comedy podcast. And then we sneak in some stuff about business. Cause I believe that, that the majority of people who listen to podcasts, you know, you don't, I, I don't think that you go to a podcast to actually learn that much. If you really wanted to learn about something deeply, you read a book, hire a coach, take a course. Um, I think that you primarily go to podcasts to be uh, perhaps uh, motivated. You go to podcasts to learn a little bit about what you might want to learn about, but also kind of to have fun. So um, we created a podcast where we don't stress ourselves too much on like teaching you the hard stuff, but we give you enough to help you figure out how to think about online training. And then we try to make you laugh a bit. It's lighthearted and conversational. Like I gravitate to podcasts that you get, you feel like you're connected to the the people to host. One of my favorites is Insight and Mike the Conti's show. I, I love that. And they'll bullshit for 15 minutes about their personal stuff and then they kind of get to whatever they're getting to. I tend to be a little bit more direct to the point on this one, but you know, almost all the guests I have some sort of ongoing long-term relationship. It's just you though, right? Yeah, but it's just you. It's it's completely different. Like you need to build when I was building the podcast, and I gotta go in like one minute, but when I was building the podcast with, with these guys when we were thinking about how we wanted to do it. I picked these people because I wanted those characters for the podcast. I basically took a step back and said, what do I want? And then we actually spoke about what our characters were going to be beforehand. And then, and now it's starting to evolve and it's evolving into something that we never could have quite planned, but, um, but it's, it's characters. Right. And, and it's funny because, you know, Ren's a, a coach for the online trainer Academy with us. And one of the, the people that he mentors, basically laughed one day after he listened to a podcast. He's like, wow, I never knew that John Goodman had a personality. <laughs> it's like, I guess it's good we're doing a podcast. Ren is really fun. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a good host. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I appreciate you coming on. I'll give the audience a bunch of details when you drop out. I'll cool, this one next Tuesday. And the last thing I was going to say is, real shame that we didn't get to pull off our symposium, mine and Dean Somerset's event. Here. I know. Future speaker, but we'll obviously you know, wait a little bit before we talk about 2021. But my hope is that I can have virtually the same lineup in 2021. I just have, again, it's going to depend on every schedule and timing. But I'm also want, wanting to add Krista Scott Dixon to the mix on that one. And I'm hoping- Yeah, she's you, pretty rad. She is pretty rad. And I'm hoping you still get Christian Thibodeau and Lee Boyce and Jordan Syatt and uh, Brian Cron and we'll, we'll find a few others. 
Cool. cool. My fee is uh, my fee is tripled um, since then, so I'm glad you still want to have me. <laughs> all right, buddy. Um, all right, no more talking. Yeah, let's end it on that. Bye bye. All right, John had to drop out, guys. So it's just me. Um, thanks for staying um, tuned in. And uh, it's really weird just talking by myself without actually a guest on here. Um, so a few things. One is go follow the stuff that John is doing, his personal account. Uh, you can search Jonathan Goodman and you'll find him. And the Personal Trainer Development Center. Again, I'm a big fan of that. We talked about the online trainer, po online trainer show, his podcast. You can check that out if you're interested. And uh, seeing as we're here, uh, if you're not subscribing to my social media, I'm mostly focused on Instagram, so at Andrew Coates Fitness. Uh, love if you reach out to me, send me a message, especially if you're a dedicated listener. I definitely want to hear your thoughts because you guys are the ones I want to talk to and find out what you like. And I love the idea of, uh, you know, if, if you're just finding us for the first time, you know, give us a, a subscribe. Take a look through the library of stuff that I've done recently in the solo podcast, or you can go back in the archive because, again, there's 150 great episodes uh, buried in there, and John was a guest fairly early on in the game before. And, uh, and a five-star review, uh, that goes a long way. I know people don't think to take the time to do it, but I recently made sure I banged out a bunch of reviews on some podcasts of friends of mine that I really like and listen to. So thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you guys all have a fantastic day.